Hello and welcome back to the Growing to Be Me podcast. Oh my goodness, I am so excited for this guest. And her name is Beck Wallace, as you can probably see by the title. And I'm just so excited to share her message with you. And just this whole conversation was so, so beautiful to record. It is probably the longest podcast episode I've done so far, because honestly, I could chat for hours with her. Um, I love her insights and yeah I hope you do too I hope that you can take something away from this because following her for the last couple of years has definitely really helped me shift my perspective um through a lot of things so um I hope it inspires you too this episode is obviously a lot around birth and room space and the reason why I thought this is so relevant to bring on to this podcast is because you know as women we're so disconnected from the space and I myself have been making so many discoveries in this realm that no one really explained to me when I was growing up over the last year so I really wanted to bring her on to maybe lift some of that anxiety off of you but also help you step take a few steps into a direction that feels good for you um because I do have people in my life that are going through issues with their room space or that are thinking about having kids so yeah I thought this would be beautiful to share plus I just love Beck's work and I have been meaning to bring her on to this podcast for quite some time now and now just seemed like a very good time to do so. I don't yet know why (laughs) but I hope this resonates with you. If it does, please drop us a message and enjoy, 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 enjoy. Sorry, it's definitely off. I just heard something and I was like, is that my washing machine still going? I was like, I didn't hear it. (laughs) Awesome. Right. So hello and welcome Beck Wallace to the Growing to Be Me podcast. Hi, Beck. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, Your energy is like so like, is it captivating? It's just, oh, I just love your energy. Thank you. It's when I start talking and then I can't stop. <laughs> That's the only problem. That's what the podcast is for. Um, so tell us, tell us about you. Tell us about what you do. Oh, I love this question. So I just love what I do, actually. So that's why I'm like, oh, my God. So I am a trauma-informed holistic doula or birth keeper. So I support women or birthing people to bring their babies safely earthside so a lot of the women or birthing people I support are having their babies normally away from the system so whether that's a home birth a free birth or unassisted birth um, I'm normally in them settings and I also am a cambo practitioner and I also work with women to heal their relationships to their wombs, to their periods, and come back home to their bodies. So that's kind of a little bit about what I do. Oh wow! My gosh, it's just all—it all sounds just very connected to the earth. And mm. yeah, I, I've been following your work for a while, and it's been so beautiful to see 
so many you you're changing into so many different facades of not just birth but also what you're doing with cambo and with obviously womb healing and all of that and i think because I, I didn't know much about womb healing and i didn't know much at all about doula because doulas because i i don't really plan on having kids anytime soon if at all so it's so interesting um and beautiful to see you share from such a different perspective because i feel like we're given such a clinical kind of perspective from from like our wombs as women we're not explained at all much about them we're taught so much disgust around periods but also around birth like i've always seen it as a very clinical thing like it's a medical process that you have to go through and i would really love for you to share kind of your view on those things oh i can feel myself like when you talk and i'm like getting really passionate about it already so um thank you for saying that um i've also been following your journey as well which has been so amazing it's been a few years now hasn't it since we connected to begin with um yeah so exactly exactly what you've said it's um we have created or our society has created birth to be a medical event birth to be something that is an emergency something that needs controlling and assessing and absolutely the medical world is so important and it is it saves lives every day and it's so necessary but the only time that we normally go to hospital is when we're sick when you're pregnant you're not sick you're experiencing something that your body is built to do it is a physiological event it is not a medical emergency um so i would say it's a physiological event physiological event which sometimes will need medical intervention in the very rare occasion so if you think of all of the women that have come before us in our lineage in everyone's lineage we are come from thousands of thousands of women who birthed their babies through their vaginas at home for us to now think that we're not capable of that and we have to go into a hospital to birth our babies it's just like the classic human kind of egoistical thing of we know better we have to fix things before they're broken well actually birth's not broken our bodies aren't broken our bodies know what to do. It's our minds that need convincing. So what actually we need to do in the process of birth, we don't need to learn how to give birth because we already know. What we need to do is learn to quiet our mind and let our mind step out the way so we can let our body lead and come back into our reptilian, that primitive brain instead of our neocortex. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel really passionate about women reclaiming their births. And there's so much misinformation that's given within the medical system. And, you know, it's not really anyone's fault. We live, obviously, we know and we live in a very capitalistic, patriarchal system. And them systems do not support physiological birth because when you go into a hospital setting, when you speak to an obstetric doctor, if you speak to a midwife, most of them working in a hospital setting have never ever seen physiological birth ever they've never seen it so how are we expecting them to support it if they don't know if they don't know what they're looking for if they've never seen it if they don't know how to support it they are trained to prevent and are trained to assess risk so they come from a place of fear rather than a place of trust and love 
So when we go into the hospital, it's a new surprise that they're like, well, we need to do this in case this happens. But there hasn't even been any signs that this is going to happen. But it's it's the way it's the way we've created birth. And when we look at, you know, we all have a blueprint of birth. And when I say a blueprint, I mean this imprint that's been given to us, whether it's from society the media our family our friends when you think of birth I always remember before I started this work I think of birth led straight away I'd see a woman lying on her back in hospital being strapped to machines being attended to by a male white doctor as she screamed in pain that was what I thought birth was mm-hmm. because every film I've watched everything I see on the TV, magazines, people tell me it's really painful, it's really this, it's really that. And actually all of these are just projections of other people's stories. But if we'd have gone to the origins of their stories and supported them, they probably would have had a different birth if they'd have had someone there that was holding them in love and trust rather than fear. Mm. And when we look at mammals, when we look at a deer or any other kind of mammal, when they are birthing their babies, they go to somewhere that's warm, dark, quiet. When we birth our babies, we send women into brightly lit, busy, loud, cold hospital rooms and then go, well, you're failing to progress, so we need to do X, Y, and Z. Well, of course, when we don't progress and when labor stalls, it is the body's protective mechanism and gone, it's not safe for me to have my baby here. So our body holds on and goes, it's not safe. But if we can just turn the lights off, get another blanket round, put some music on, light some candles, that gets oxytocin going. Oxytocin is a hormone of love. We produce it when we orgasm. We also produce it when we birth. So what gets baby in gets baby out, the same hormones, which is magic. So hospital does not support physiological birth. And I'm not saying that everyone should come away from the hospital system, but everyone should learn how to navigate the systems if they're going in, if they want to have a positive outcome for their birth which of course everyone does question everything ask what are the benefits of this what are the risks what is my intuition saying what happens if we do nothing ask them questions and you know your baby and your body better than any medical professional so I know that's a bit of a rant (laughs) our our womb space is such a, a vulnerable space and what we always say is that you go you create a space for your birth space you create a space in which you could imagine yourself orgasming in so if you could orgasm with Sheila next door Dave from down the road coming lifting your thing up having a look then get them in there but most of the time people like no there's no way you'd be like oh no I'm not having sex can't orgasm right now it's the same for birth it's a very vulnerable sensitive place to be in and we need to treat it as that and it's not being treated like that at all and then we are made to feel like our bodies are incapable and our bodies are not working our bodies are broken when we're not it's the system that's broken that's meant to be supporting us to birth our babies Mm. basically in a nutshell (laughs) wow that's so I never thought of that before in terms of the comfort um, around giving birth because I I see exactly the same image as you described when I think of someone giving birth and 
Um, it's very interesting. I actually had a conversation last year with someone who was thinking of having kids in a few years. And when I, th this was after I'd started following your work as well. So I, I was speaking to her about home births and she seemed so um, terrified by that idea because mm. she thought, what if something goes wrong? Like if something goes wrong, then that's it. Like I can't afford to do that. So I would never do a home birth. Like what, like what would you say about that like that kind of fear coming up because i'm sure like a lot of us wonder about that mm -hmm. and yeah thank you for saying that it's such a normal thing for people to have fear around home birth but if we go back about even about 100 years everyone was birthing their babies at home that was normal and we'd go into hospital if there was a problem we've completely come away from that and gone can't birth at home that's radical that's like what is going on but when we actually look at the statistics when you're birthing at home in the comfort of your own home you're more likely to progress in your labor or progress in your birth actively safely and better in inverted commas than if you go into a hospital setting because of the environment that the hospital is in but saying that some people will feel safe in the hospital but I would ask that person who has fears around home birth are these your fears or have these fears been given to you mm. and what fears are they when you speak to people about their fears around birth it's normally to do with cords being around the neck around the baby's neck um baby being stuck um or something happening to baby it, it's never really about themselves it's about something's happening to baby that is normally what comes up and when we start to unpack these things and unpack these story stories the evidence behind them is not strong at all it's actually stories that are given to us through the media so when your baby is born with a cord around the neck one in three babies are born with a cord around the neck it's so normal your baby is not breathing through its throat. So when the cord is wrapped around its neck, it doesn't matter. Your baby is breathing through the umbilical cords. So if your baby is born with the cord wrapped around the neck, the only thing you have to do is unwrap the cords. But when we look at films, especially American films, they're like, oh, the cord's wrapped around the neck, that means baby's going to die or whatever. It's not scientific. It's not true. It's not evidence-based. So we are creating that paradigm and we are creating that story and giving these fears to people and they're not true. Mm. Mm. And it's creating trauma. It's creating distrust in our bodies that we need any more of that. I mean, like we're so taught to distrust our bodies, to come away from our bodies and especially those in women's bodies, that our bodies are not worthy. They're not capable. They're not good enough as they are. Um, all of this stuff that's shared about periods about birth just backs up them already them fears we already have underlying that have been given to us and handed to us mm -hmm. so I always believe we've been learning about birth since we were born mm -hmm. subconsciously we are taking things in con constantly all the time and yeah so I would say to people that are feeling home birth's really scary I'd say that, yeah, that's really understandable. And it's so normal to feel that because we've been taught to feel that. We've been taught to think that. And I would say 
where are these fears? What are they? Are they yours? Where do they come from? And where are they in your body? And how can you move through them? And you might move through them and go, no, hospital's still safe for me. Follow your intuition, do that. But if you're really feeling like home is the best place for you to be, but you have fears, then speak to someone, hire a doula, speak to a birthkeeper, speak to an independent midwife and do your research, learn about the physiological stages of labor and birth, read about the hormones and what your body is doing and what environment they need to be in. To support your internal environment, you must support your external and vice versa. It's not just about, okay, my body's going to do it. I say research, learn, 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 plan, and then completely surrender and throw away everything you've learned everything you've planned and come back and let your mind step out the way but if you prepare everything you can and then surrender then anything that you that was brought to you anything that comes to you in your birth in your story you'll go yeah I've got a plan for that let me get it out the back drawer you know Mm -hmm. um and I think it's really important that we do that and we learn about our bodies and we connect into our bodies and that's why I feel so passionate about the womb work because when we can understand our womb space and our bodies and our period and our connection to that portal we can understand more when we go into birth what is happening because we've already established a relationship there Mm. wow and what what does the womb represent like because I, I personally, I know that... Juicy they, question. <laughs> what does it represent? Because I know that so many... Well, we're not taught enough about it. That's for that's for a fact. I've learned so much about the women's space in the last year. But I still know so many friends of mine that, you know, are suffering with PCOS or endometriosis. And there's just a lot of... And that's, you know, those are things that tend to come up as well after they've come off the pill um and I know there's a lot that you probably have to say about this so (laughs) (laughs) so yeah really it doesn't surprise me actually that them stories like PCOS and endometriosis come up after we've been on the pill so if we imagine our body our body's only way of connecting with us is through pain through sensation So when something comes up in the body, it's the body going, hey, something's going on here. Can you like, hiya, come and come and talk to me, like acknowledge me. And what we do when we we've been so taught that period pain is normal to experience. Our bodies were not built to experience period pain. It's not it's not abnormal in this culture, in our society, but it's also not how our bodies were created. It's not created for us to experience pain every month. That's not how it's meant to be. So when we have or experience pain or dis-ease within the body, especially around our periods, it's the body's way of trying to communicate that something's going on. And if we can imagine our period being our, our fifth or our sixth sense or whatever, it's another sense of our body, we can tell by looking at our blood what our health is, what's going on in our body. So what we can actually do is start working with our period and working with our womb space to understand ourselves on a deeper, on a more spiritual level, but also on a more emotional and mental, physical, every level. And when you think of your womb space, 
if you can imagine your womb space to be this kind of vast space of darkness it is this vast space of darkness and very similar to the throat it's the only place in our body that opens up to the outside world where we can receive and we can give we can receive and we can give and they're deeply they're connected through the vagus nerve really deeply connected but when we think of our womb space it is the place where we birth everything it is the place of our sexual energy which is our reproduction our birth when we birth creation we birth it from this place everything is birthed from this portal that we have built in and when you were fetus when you were in your mother's womb you have been there before she was even pregnant so when when we are born as women we are born with every egg we will ever have in our lives we don't produce them we are born with them so throughout your mum's life you were there in her womb space when your grandma was pregnant with your mum and she was at six months gestation so your mum was six months in womb you were there because that was when her eggs were formed so we know that we hold trauma we hold stories on a cellular level when we look into epigenetics and the scientific scientific facts behind carrying ancestral trauma, we can see that as women, when our mothers were being carried in our grandmother's wombs, we were there. Throughout our mother's life, we were there. So every child that you will have, you carry on a cellular level within your womb now if you choose to have children. So this space or womb can be a portal. It can be... It is this thread, this golden thread, this kind of opening to the lineage of the women that have gone before us. And we have access to them women because we have been carried by them. We have access to this wisdom. We have access to the knowledge that they have, but also to their traumas. And through this space within our womb, when we work with our periods, when we bleed, which I did say was your dark moon time or the winter time, a time of deep rest. They say it's when the veil between the worlds is at its thinnest. And when the veil between the worlds is at its thinnest, it means that your intuition is stronger. You, you know, we are more sensitive. We have heightened awareness. It's because whatever is coming up in that time is coming up to be released. We have this inbuilt ritual that will bring everything to the surface in our premenstrual and then when we start bleeding we have the ability to release it not only mentally and emotionally but our body will shed with us physically the blood that leaves your womb is proof that you can bring life onto this earth it is the elixir of life and we've been taught that it's shameful but this is the portal this is the portal to connect to our ancestors, is the portal for life that will come onto this earth. Without period blood, not one of us would be here. And we are taught to shame this area. And it makes me so sad. So when we experience period pain in our society, we go to the doctors, and we get given things to suppress, we get given things to mask over, and when we put a plaster on something that wants to be heard, our body, like when we put a plaster over anything, it'll be like, oh, 
learning to speak louder. It's with anything mental, you know, when we ignore it, it speaks louder. It's the same with the body. If we're going, oh, okay, I've got a little bit of period pain, take paracetamol, the body goes, oh, she's not listening. Okay, next level, up level. Go on the pill. Mm, okay, up level. Go on a different type of pill. Up level. Okay, then I'm going to do period, um, like paracetamol, ibuprofen, cocodamol, whatever I need to get rid of the pain. And the body will just continue to speak louder. And the pill does not balance your hormones, which is what we're told. It's like, oh, your, your hormones are out of balance when you put you on the pill. It suppresses and replaces the natural flow of hormones with artificial ones. So when you come off the pill, the body lifts its lid up and goes, I'm here and you haven't been listening to me. Endometriosis, polycystic ovaries, all of these things because the doctor is not saying to you when you go in he doesn't say or she doesn't say when did this start and what's happening for you why do you think this started what was happening at that time in your life when you first experienced that period pain have you had any trauma to your womb before how were you born there's none of them conversations it's okay that's wrong your body's wrong take these tablets when we can, if we can start listening to the body when it talks to us, when we meet it where it's at, it feels men, it doesn't have to scream. But when we suppress it and we ignore it, it keeps speaking louder because it wants to help us. It wants us to be heard. It wants to connect with us. So it doesn't surprise me that in the experience of your friends has been that when they've come off the pill, the body has spoken loud because the body goes, okay, now I can finally talk and hopefully she'll hear me. Mm. So again, another rant, but that's some information no. if it made sense. <clears throat> it's so captivating. Like whenever you speak, it's just every word that you say is so captivating. Um, Cause I completely agree. I have been very lucky because I don't personally experience um, a lot of pain um throughout my cycle and I have been off the pill for like I would say four or five years and um especially over the last year seeing your work and other people's work like has really helped me connect to it because we we do I mean even as little girls you're in a classroom and you ask to use the toilet and you have to stuff your tampon or your pad like down your sleeve and pretend that you're just going to the toilet and it's um yeah, it's it's a shame that we're so disconnected from that part of ourselves because I also really like like you see it's a center of creation of life of creativity of everything like as women we hold so much magic down there so yeah it's so yeah like what 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 would you say to someone um who is experiencing those pains like do you have any advice on like where to get started mm, yeah yeah so I would say if you're someone who's experiencing period pain and you feel like you are managing that pain with painkillers I'm not saying come off them I'm not saying come off them straight away what I'm saying is when you begin to cultivate a relationship with your womb space, when you begin to start having them conversations with your womb space and connecting to your period in that way, you can start to wean off them if that feels good for you. So first of all, I wanted to say that you don't have to come off them straight away and it's not like 
shame on you if you're on them it's shame on society for making us feel like that's our only option mm. it's not you that's failed it's the system that's failed you and you start really simply it's not it's not like a big PhD you have to go and do or a big course you have to do you literally can begin by feeling into that place and you might be like how do I even do that just placing your hand there and taking some breaths into your womb space and just saying hey how are you how do you feel right now what's going on I know this is a bit weird I've never spoken to you before but what's going on here and we can definitely feel resistance to this, but also be like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, why am I going to go and do that? <clears throat> Excuse me. Why am I going to speak to my womb space? But what we want to do is start to create a relationship. If we were to walk into a shop and meet someone that we want them to be our lover or our boyfriend or our girlfriend, you wouldn't go up and be like, tell me everything about you right now. Like, let's, let's connect. Because they'd be like, who the fuck are you? piss off I haven't met you before it's exactly the same with our womb space we can't go in and be like tell us everything let me heal you because she'll be like who are you I don't trust you actually you've never listened to me before you've never met me before so how can I open and show you every part of me so what we want to do is start cultivating relationship really slowly really lovingly with compassion and she might not speak to you for weeks for months show up consistency show up and just be like hey I'm here even if it's 10 seconds 20 seconds one minute every single day or a few times a week start doing that and not as a discipline but as a devotion to yourself because that's what you deserve and another beautiful thing you can do is if you do have if you do believe monthly is beginning to track your cycles and beginning to notice any patterns or notice how you behave emotionally uh, mentally but also when anything that's happened physically within your body or spiritually as well is I know for myself I'm able to meditate like drop in so deep when I'm in my autumnal winter which is my premenstrual or bleeding phase and um, yeah and just begin to notice just begin to be like where am I up to and you can also correlate this with the moon is there anything happening in the moon at this time where what cycle is the moon in and am I in sync with this and when we start to do that we start to connect and understand ourselves on another level so I would say yeah you don't have to do anything major just start to talk really simply start to have conversations start to breathe start to feel and if you're someone that is experiencing pain and you feel like you do want to come off your pain relief and kind of say what is this what why is this pain coming up what is this pain trying to tell me I would really say that you want to be really kind with yourself and you want to be yeah tracking your cycle connecting with this part of your womb space and open up conversations and when pain arises feeling into the pain and allowing it to be there it sounds the most counterintuitive thing but when we push against something or shy away from it it pushes us but when we just go hey I'm here I'm gonna meet you where it's at it's like oh well I'm being met so I don't need to push I don't need to pull back I don't need to do anything if I'm just here being witness to it 
And when we're experiencing that in the body, that can look like taking really deep breaths and really noticing where in my body is this? Where's the exact point within my womb that I feel this? What type of pain is it? And can I welcome it? And when I say welcome it, you can literally speak to the pain and say, I welcome you. What is it you have to tell me? And you don't even have to mean it at first. You can be like, I welcome you. But you know, if you mean it, it's better. But when you welcome it, it's it feels like, okay, it's okay to be here. And then it doesn't have to scream as loud. And I know I keep saying that, but it really doesn't. And when you allow it space to be there, and when you breathe into it and allow it space to grow and expand, it starts to dissipate because it's had space to move through. You're not keeping it confined and tensed up and in this box. You go, okay, you can be here. And then it goes, and it's like, okay, I'm allowed to be here. And... And I don't want to give too many tips because I'll go off on a tangent. But one last tip. I love a tangent, don't I, bloody hell? Told you. One last tip would be to... What would my last tip be? I've just had it in my head. Oh, God. Hmm. My last tip. It's gone. You don't get a last tip. That's the last tip you got. (laughs) So maybe, maybe that was enough. That didn't want to come through for whatever reason so yeah oh wow that is so beautiful it's so again it's it's that disconnection that we're kind of shown between the mind and the body and i've believed for years you know that everything that we that goes on up here affects everything that goes on in our body and um I don't think, well, the system just still doesn't treat it like that. It's you go to therapy for one thing, but then if there's something wrong physically, you have to go to the hospital or to a completely different doctor. And it comes back to what you said as well. No one asked those important questions about trauma and when people started feeling that pain. It's just... That was my other thing. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) When did I first start experiencing period pain and how? was I initiated into my menstruation? Mm. When you started bleeding, who did you tell? And how was that reaction? Did you speak to anyone? What what happens around that? That's a really beautiful place to start as well. Mm. Sorry, go on. Back to you. Yeah, no, no, that, that's, but, but that's it. It's kind of that disconnection between no one asks us those questions. The system separates both of them. And um, it's so beautiful to see your work kind of, bringing those two together and I I, it's always so like I actually for the first time ever had a doctor at the beginning of the year ask me how I was doing in relation to something physical because I had um I had a lump on my breast which was just like a um it was just an inflamed and like it it was just a lymph node that just wasn't or a gland that was inflamed Um, And that was at a very stressful time in my life because I was working a lot. And he he was the first person, except for a therapist or psychologist to say, like, is something new going on in your life? And I was like, yeah, like, wow, someone is actually asking this question. Yeah, like, actually, I've been working a lot. And I think that's probably why I feel a little bit more intense. And 
it's good to see that starting but i still don't think there is enough especially around women's health because we're a lot of like i just remember in school and sex education are taught like it's when you think about it it's so it's so incredibly basic plus it's um how do i word this um it's always kind of like women you have to protect yourselves yes like absolutely protect yourselves like it's not it's not the guys that have to think about this but you do because you're the fertile one and i i think there's something very wrong with that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't know what's what's your take on that (laughs) it all pisses me off honestly you know what does my head in the most Mm. is that we split boys and girls up Mm -hmm. As if girls don't need to learn about erections and what happens in the male body. As if men don't need to learn about birth, about periods. Are they gonna what if they have daughters one day? Mm. Like all of these things, they're gonna be with someone one day, we're gonna be with a man one day, maybe, or we'll be with women or men or whoever we wanna be with, non-binary. It's just love everyone, we love it. But it's like, why are we? not educating everyone it's just the coming from a place of shame and embarrassment if you are going into schools if you are teaching children about safe sex about their bodies then you need to feel comfortable in your own you need to feel comfortable talking about sex you need to feel comfortable and knowledgeable enough to know that this is not down to this person or down to this person to look after themselves we are all equally responsible for our own bodies and you know I feel like in school as well there's a lot of don't have sex or you will die there's no like safe sex is really normal you know it's normal to explore and have different partners but you know this is what you could experience this is you know tell us the benefits and the risks like let us make our own decisions and know that it's natural it's so natural instead of being shamed for our natural bodily instincts mm-hmm. it's creating trauma again it's creating that lack of trust within the body and these patriarchal systems don't benefit men or women they don't benefit anyone they're creating trauma and we are seeing this trauma being mirrored back to us in our bodies Mm. and it's this is excuse me for saying this but this is the real epidemic and pandemic that is happening at the moment Mm. is the amount of trauma that we are all experiencing we are living in a society of people who are sick whether that is in their bodies or in their minds or in their hearts we're living in a society of sick people believing that we are all well and projecting our stories onto one another and it's not working anymore it's not working and we need to we must come together and understand that the body is not separate from the mind and the mind is not separate from the body and we are not separate from nature we are expressions of nature our body is intertwined within our mind and yeah we need to know that to move forward i believe Mm. not going into politics and stuff but you know like yeah yeah no I I definitely I definitely agree with that there's actually something that um I don't know if I said it on a podcast or I've said it I've said it a few times to a few people but um we're so obsessed with this perfectionism in our society with that 
you know, we all have to look a certain way. We have to do things a certain way. And if you don't, then, you know, it's not good or you're not as valuable as valued as the other people, which is, you know, not true, of course. But I think it comes back to nature. Like when we walk through a forest or a garden, not everything looks the same. Everything looks different, but we still sit there and go, oh my God, this is beautiful. And why like and that is nature and that's again like you say like we are nature and we forget that but yet we really struggle to do the same for people like like we're looking at trees and looking at flowers you're still looking at nature when you're looking at people and everyone's different and growing in their own same way but they're still just as beautiful and valued and I yeah. think there's there's just so much work to do around that. And it's so it's so hard to unsee it once you've seen it. Um, so I think it's just people like us, like keeping on spreading the message of that connection that you're speaking about. Mm. Oh, my God, I just got shivers so many times when you were talking. And then I was like, yes, yes, yes. We literally are. And I forget it. We all forget it, I think. Or maybe it's just me. We do forget that when we look at other humans, they are an expression of nature. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I'm in the bathroom and see a mom reach down and touch her baby, that she grew from two cells and housed and nourished and brought through her body to the earth, I see just how animalistic we are and how we really are that expression of nature in true form we are you know every part of our bodies and it's like our bones are rocky like the mountains like the veins that run through it's like the rivers that meet all the oceans are you know everything is so interconnected and mm. um, I really believe that we are so disconnected from nature we are so disconnected from ourselves. And if we're disconnected from ourselves, how can we be close to another? We can only be close to another as we can be as close to ourselves. Mm. And if we can't be close to one another, then how can we be close and in touch with nature and vice versa? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's not working. There's something missing and we're missing the big picture. Mm -hmm. we're missing the big picture our system we're not we're we're fucking on it society <laughs> we've got it we've got it done <laughs> but society is missing a massive part yeah i definitely when, when it gets labeled this like oh hippy dippy whatever and it's like look at the science yeah look at the science and it's about you know remember what our ancestors know and knew and what we know in ourselves we carry these stories as well mm-hmm Absolutely. It's that's kind of that's pretty much what I wanted to say as well is that I think we're slowly like what spirit like when we have these spiritual beliefs. But these are our generation or this community that we're kind of building or people that are becoming more conscious and are rising or raising the vibration of the earth. I think we are slowly coming out of being seen as that. I know it depends on the place of the world, the where we are. There's always going to be people who are going to look at these things and think, you know, like this is just some, like you said, hippy dippy stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, 
I do feel like so many more people, especially our age, are reaching more and more because I see so many more people or friends that I haven't spoken to in ages actually coming to me and being like, like, can we like hang out and talk? And then I take them for a walk and like we talk about beliefs and they come out of it and they're like, oh my God, like, like I feel so lifted and I feel so different. And you, I watch people's perspective change really quickly especially in this last year and it's really beautiful to see um and it it does like i I do feel like and it's scientifically proven that your stress levels drop as soon as you walk into a forest and i think that like that says so much that says so so much Mm -hmm. oh i love that and yeah oh i love it it's so true like there's this quote that says I took a walk in the woods and I came out higher than the trees and yes. it's so true it's so true I love that and yeah I love it I love it so much and that's so amazing that your friends will have well some of your friends have that experience with you I and mean, it just shows doesn't it that how when you start doing this work and you talk about it with you know with authenticity and passion how it starts this ripple effect to make others go like learn things and acknowledge things or think about things differently and it does start this ripple effect and I think it's absolutely magic and thank you for doing the work that you're doing as well it's so important and creating safe spaces for people to come and gather and have these conversations I think we need more of it and it's so important so thank you for doing that it's amazing thank you no it's um something was coming through then but I've kind of lost it um I can't remember now we're both having like moments of like where where has it gone um it will come if it's meant to come yeah it will it will come back if it's meant to come Mm. back um yeah no I definitely I feel like that I've always wanted to help people because you know it's one of those things like what what would you want in that situation like if you found yourself like a few years back I would have loved to have a space to join or someone to tell me you know about my womb and everything and everything that I see in the community that I'm in now I like I'm, I'm so glad that I get to be part of that and experience that and fill my feed with things that actually fill my soul um my Instagram feed I mean and um <laughs> to just be able to you know read those things and be like wow like yeah that really resonates because a few years ago I I you know I I was like I have these beliefs but I feel like everyone's gonna judge me for having them mm. and I feel like I should be because I grew up in the countryside in Portugal and as kids like me and my sister we were just you know we would come back covered in dust we would like spend the day like rolling down hills and running through vineyards and you know like my mom literally would have to check us for ticks like every single day because we'd just come home and we were just like covered and who knows what and um like we would just spend so much time just physically just like doing so much in nature and I I really feel like I lived in the city one year in the UK and I hated it. I legit hated it because it was very central and I just can't, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I mentally can't do it and I need to have walks. And when I came to that realization a few years ago, I was like, 
I, I can't live without it. Like I, I just, I just can't because it, it drives me crazy not to be able to go for some fresh air or be able to sit down and find some stillness outside. And I do think that everyone has that instinct, but a lot of us ignore it. And a lot of us just get caught up in that loop of, you know, I got to make money. I got to go. I just got to go sleep for a few hours before I go back to work. Mm -hmm. Some of us are really not living the life that we are so worthy of living. No, no, I agree. And it's like that internalized capitalism, isn't it? It's that need to go, 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 that kind of very toxic masculinity do 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 constantly and it's mm. it's causing mental health it's causing trauma it's causing dis-ease in life and within the body and it's having this knock-on catastrophic event which is sweeping the world especially those in the cities because also you're born and raised in the city you don't know that there is anything different and if your soul you've never allowed your soul to touch that and go out into that then how are you to know mm. you know and it's yeah it's really heartbreaking but it's really understandable how you can get so caught up in that as well mm. especially when we're so taught not to trust ourselves and trust our bodies and trust our instincts and our intuition we go oh there's something wrong with me we question ourselves before we question anything else why is that yeah absolutely mm. um yeah i think i actually what i was going to say before is coming back to me now um is that and i kind of i can kind of intertwine it into here as well because it came back to me as you were speaking is also we we are so disconnected from being vulnerable with each other and mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that either scares people off about me or like wheels them in is because I can't have small talk. I am very into deep talk. Like if you spend a few hours with me, like it's deep talk all the way. Like I'm not going to ask you for your deepest, darkest secrets, but I will talk about topics that generally I find interesting. And I actually have a game <laughs> that like prompts like deeper questions because I just love connecting with people that way. But we are not, we, we are so on the surface about that because we've become so guarded about we don't trust ourselves and we shouldn't trust others. So we go through life very distrusting of everything around us, which also, I guess, links into the trauma that we experienced. Absolutely. And it's, you know, we're not supported to meet ourselves in the depths of ourselves. We're not supported to do that. Like, a lot of the time, if you're on the path or whatever you call it, you know, you might be around people who aren't and they might not be able to hold space for you mm -hmm. or be able to hold you as you journey deep into yourself. And I think it's really important that we have the support, which is why I think the work you're doing is so important in creating them spaces. And yeah, with I want to play this game, by the way. Whatever game you have for the deep questions, can we play it, please? Because I'm so here for that. But I think, you know, like, with the vulnerability and being vulnerable with each other, we can only be vulnerable with each other if we're willing to, if we can hold ourselves through that. And the only way we can hold ourselves is if we start to unearth the traumas we have within ourselves and heal from that place and know the origins of where they came from and 
understand ourselves to that level so that when we do go out and we journey through the world and interact with people we're not going around projecting we're going around and we can have open conversations but hold ourselves through that whether we are activated or triggered or you know or not needing to go and fix other people's problems and things as well it's um yeah it comes into boundaries and stuff again doesn't it I guess so yeah it's a it's all again like everything interconnected mm, wow this is probably the longest podcast episode that I've done like that I've done <laughs> but I'm not I, I actually do have a question if you if you don't mind yeah, carrying on absolutely um, so um and I'm I'm wanting to ask this to pretty much all the all the future guests that have um that are coming on but um we've spoken so much about your work and about everything you know so many different aspects of life we've gone really deep in here um also before i forget anyone listening and to you as well the game is called we are not really strangers um you might have heard of it before, but it's really it's really beautiful like i have it in like a card setting and you've got three levels um so you know the first level is like more on the surface the second level dives a little bit deeper and the third level is like a lot deeper but you it also includes activities to connect and it's really fun you can play it with quite a few people i'm not sponsored by the way this is just a general <laughs> like if you're a close friend of mine you know we've played this um and yeah i would highly recommend to check them out because it's it's such a good way to prompt you to be vulnerable and to spend time with the other person um can't so. wait to play <laughs> it's great honestly um but back to the question um what what has it meant or what does it mean to be growing and to back and like to, oh. like what what has been your journey what has brought you here what has brought me to where i am now yeah oh mm. growing to be back what comes up growing to be back wow that's such a beautiful question um it's funny I actually started a new course yesterday and in this course it asked us to go back to the origins of when we decided the work we wanted to do and I was like oh well I did my training and she was like no go deeper like when did wow do you want to do this? And then I was kind of, it was, it was probably when I had that conversation, it was like, no, go deeper. And it was like, oh my God, when did this happen? And so I feel, yeah, it's interesting that that's come up and you've asked me that question. So I'm going to share that if that's okay. Um, so I actually believe that I became a space holder or doula. Because I think the thing that all of my work, the threads of my work that all come together that have something similar is that it's all about supporting transition, whether it's rebirth, whether it's death, whether it's birth, you know, combo periods are a cycle of death and rebirth. Birth is a death of the mother of who she was and a rebirth of her and the birth of baby. It's all, and I don't do anything in any of them settings. I hold space and they do the work and I just hold that sacred container you know um I'm just laughing because I said container to my friend the other day and she said whenever you say container I was thinking like a Tupperware box <laughs> just Tupperware box to just come into my head um so when I hold that sacred Tupperware box um you know when I when I'm holding space in that way um 
yeah it always feels like it's a transitional or really like a rite of passage time so I guess when I look back on when that began for me is my dad died when I was 13 and in that space of like deep deep grief was the first time I remember being out in the woods and I was walking through the woods and I remember I couldn't even comprehend what had just happened so I was 13 at the time I was like it's too big to even consider what's just happened it didn't feel real and I couldn't think of what I was going to do tomorrow or the next day or even when I got home because it was too painful and for the first time in my life I was just pure present because I couldn't move anywhere I couldn't go anywhere else it was too painful and when I remember stood in the pine woods by my house and being pure in this space of like pure presence and feeling joy and being like oh my god there's something wrong with me why do I feel at peace when my dad's just died and it was like this deep sense of calm there was nowhere else I needed to be it was just here and in them days after my dad died I remember I wrote a bucket list and one of the first things I put on that bucket list was to support a mom having a baby and when I went to my first birth when I was in that space and when the baby was crowning and baby was coming earthside in that moment I was taken back to the forest and it was like pure presence and it was the same energy that I'm getting shivers now talking about it. It was the same energy, that pure presence. And I was like, oh my God, they're the same. Death and birth are the same energy and it's spirit leaving and spirit coming in. So that, I think in them days after my dad died was when I became a doula because I became space holder for my family at that point as well. So that has been, yeah, part of my journey. Wow, I literally have goosebumps when you said that. Oh my gosh. It feels really nice to say because I only had this kind of realization yesterday. So it's nice to verbalize and speak out loud. So thank you for hearing that. No, that's beautiful. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's so magical. (laughs) That's wow. No, I I I kind of I kind of know what you mean because I I feel like yeah no that that is so magical it's I feel like especially in nature as well there is just so much space to receive that Mm. as well um wow um is there anything else that you'd like to share with us Mm. I think the only thing that I would share to all those in women's bodies who are listening is that your body was created for birthing, whatever that birthing looks like, whether that's creation, whether that's sexual energy, whether that's artwork, whether it's circles, whether it's your soul, soul's work or babies or life, your body was created for that. And you have this internal inbuilt ritual that you can use to shed layers of yourself, layers of pain and trauma. You have this ability to rebirth every single month. We have not failed. Our bodies have not failed. We are the life bringers for this earth. 
So we need to own that. Mm. That would be all I would say. Yeah. That is so beautiful. <sighs> wow. So what has um, what has inspired you to become a doula except for that moment? Like what what mm, what inspired me to become a doula? Or what was that nudge? Because it sounds like you you knew, but what was what was kind of what made it really clear for you? So oh, I had a dream. <laughs> I had a dream. Um, I'd just been in India and I'd always been like, since I was little, I was like, I want to be a midwife, but I felt like I wasn't capable. I felt like I was too stupid. I felt like I wasn't able, I wasn't worthy, all of these things. And I just brushed it aside. It's like, no, 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 no. And I was in India doing my yoga teacher training and was it before I got to India? No, it was before I got to India. So I was, was it? No, I've been in India and I'd said to my friends, I was, I'd had like this, um, this thing coming up for me, um, like loads of these different things. It was like a really synchronistic thing that kept happening. And it was to do with Africa and spending time there. And I'd spent time there before. And I was like, I keep feeling like I am going to go to Africa and help women have babies. And not in the sense of, I don't want that to be, come across as, you know, a white saviour, white supremacy or any of that, because I don't think I can go over there and help. I'd like to go over there and learn from the lay midwives. And um, that's Uganda. It was the first place I ever landed on the earth and stepped foot. And I felt like I'd come home for the first time in my life. And I've still never had that feeling. And it was just held by the people in the community of the land. And it was just so beautiful. And I always felt like I want to go back there and give back. And to what these people have given me and these amazing communities have given me. And I want to learn from them and um, live with so many of my friends there. You know, I've got so many beautiful friends there. And um, yeah. And this thing's been coming up and I was like, oh, I feel like I want to be a midwife. But I feel like a con. And she was like, why didn't you be a doula? And I was like, the fuck's a doula? Never heard of it. She was like, well, you're basically doing the spiritual side of midwifery. And I was like, oh my God, is that a thing? So it's kind of in the back of my mind. I was like, oh, maybe one day. And I came back and then I went to go and work on boats and did some more traveling and was just faffing around. And um, I say faffing around, there was lots of healing going on at the same time. And I was back in Liverpool for a little holiday and to see my family. And I went to sleep and I had this dream. And it was like, an in, it wasn't a dream. I was in a meditation, but I was lying down, like going to sleep at night, doing a meditation. So I was kind of like in between worlds. And in this meditation, I came up to like the side of this forest and I was stood on the edge of this forest and there was a big fire pit in front of me and it wasn't lit it was like quite dark it was cold it was winter and I walked across this fire pit and there was a full moon and I went and there was a little cabin like a little cottage and as I went into the cottage on the right hand side there was a big kitchen that had that was like open on the right hand side and there was a fireplace some immediately like on the wall on the left and there was a lady stood in the side of the kitchen 
And as I walked into the house, she walked out and left. And it was, no one could see me. It was like, I just walked into this house, like as a, a stranger, basically. And I walked over to where the woman was sat. And I remember looking out the window from the shutters and there was a full moon. And then I turned and looked at the fireplace. In front of the fireplace was a naked woman who was laboring. And she was, she was squatting and she was like really hot in front of this fire and there was like a cast a black cast iron kettle on top of the fire and I just stood and watched and then a lady came through the door and she had her back towards me she had a little apron on and she had this metal jug she came in and she knelt down in front of the woman was wetting like flannels to put on her head and I knew I had the sense that there was a man and a and her son in one of the rooms opposite that I couldn't see them and then I went out of body again. So I was out of myself watching over this. It's like a bird's eye view, but I was in there watching. And then this lady with the jug stood up and turned and it was me. And the lady with the jug was supporting the woman having the baby. So I was there in like three places. I was the woman with the jug and I was in the corner watching and I was outside to myself. Came back in and was like, whoa, I've done that before. I've done this before is what it felt like and I went to a women's circle the next night and it was a full moon and I went to the women's circle and at the end of the circle I was sat and obviously just sat in circle and we were kind of getting ready to go and there was a woman opposite me and she just pointed to a woman next to me actually and said there's something about a cottage and explained my dream down to a T it was like there's something about this cottage and I was like looking at this woman being like this is my fucking dream that she's talking to this woman about. And I, and this woman was like, mm, no, I don't really know. And the woman was like, oh, that's coming through for me. And I went over to this woman. I said, you've just explained the dream I've, I've had. And I had that dream, I think two or three times. I was like, you explained that dream that I had. And um, she was like, you need to do something with it. And um, so, I, and I was like to my friend, oh my God, maybe I'm going to do my doula train. And she was like, well, what are you waiting around for then? Do it. And I was like, oh God, no, God, oh God. She was like, just book it now. And I went online and I just typed in doula training. And I've been saying to my friends that I really wanted to go to Glastonbury, but I've never been before, not to the festival, not to go to the police. And I've been saying to her on the way there, I really wanted to go to Glastonbury. Found this doula training, I had six spaces left. And my number is the number six, because that's the day my dad died on the sixth, the sixth and sixth. I had six spaces left, contacted this woman she said, there's no spaces left. And I just said, listen, I've had this dream. I feel really called to come to you. And she was like, you need to be on this training. So I was like, okay. She booked me on it. And I was like, oh, where is it? Like, what, what date is it? And she said, it's on the 3rd of January and it's in Glastonbury. And the 3rd of January is my dad's birthday. And it was in Glastonbury. So I went to this training and then everything started unfolding. And I now live in Glastonbury. Um, so yeah, that's a really long story, but Oh, yeah that was kind of it all just all fell into place really beautifully and um yeah it's been magical since wow like my jaw like I literally was just like listening to your story like wow that's such clear signs it's is- crazy actually you know you don't realize how clear it is until you listen tell your story back and you're like oh my god that's very cool actually it did all unfold yeah yeah wow it was magic wow that is crazy 
Wow, that is like I'm just I'm just speechless. I was just like, wow, that's that's incredible. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, thank Sorry, you. I feel like I've been talking for ages. No. Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was looking at that. I was like, oh my gosh. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. Like, I feel so honored to be able to listen to that story. That just like, wow. Um, thank you for hearing it. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on to this podcast. Um, just let us know where can people find you and where can people work with you? Mm, thank you so much. Honestly, it's been so nice. It's really nice for me to reflect, actually. And just obviously, because I love a chat. Good to like speak it out. Um, yeah, thank you. So you can find me on Instagram at Beck Wallace Birthkeeper. Um, I also have a podcast called The Way of the Womb. And you can find my other Instagram page, which is how to work with me with Cambo Plant Medicine. Um, it is Kaya, so K-A-I-A-H underscore Medicina on Instagram. And yeah, that's me. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for joining this podcast. I'm so honored uh, to have you here. You're so welcome. It's been a, <clears throat> it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh.